Are we overdue for a recession? Find out on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hi, and welcome back to the show. Thanks for tuning in once again. Make sure that you're not just listening to the show, that you're actually subscribing to the show. Hit subscribe on your podcast uh, app, whatever you're listening to this on, your iPhone, your Android, whatever it is. Make sure you don't miss an episode and also make sure that you are subscribed and receiving our weekly email updates on all things condo investing. So just go to truecondos.com and sign up anywhere on the site there to make sure you're getting my weekly emails. So on today's episode, want to talk about, um, well, the economy and diving deeper specifically into are we due, are we overdue for a recession? I was at a talk recently by Benjamin Tao. Benjamin Tao is the deputy chief economist for CIBC World Markets. He's actually been a guest on this podcast way back in the day when the podcast was um, in the first six or 12 months or so uh, when I just started up this podcast. And it was great having Benjamin Tal on there. He's one of the the great um, economists that we have here in Canada. uh, And he's really in tune with what's happening in the real estate markets in particular. Um, just a great guy to listen to, very entertaining speaker as well. So if you ever get a chance to listen and hear from Benjamin Tell, I definitely recommend you take advantage of that. Had a chance to hear from him this week at the Toronto Real Estate Board, all the real realtors, uh, real estate agents, myself, I am one, uh, of, uh, of Toronto. We had a, a big event, a big meeting, and uh, thousands of, of realtors there. And they had Benjamin Tal as the sort of the keynote speaker for this event. So it was great to hear what he had to say live and in person about the economy. He spoke for about 45 minutes. Um, it was a great presentation. So uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably would have seen a lot of my live tweets um, that I put out about uh, when, when I was listening to the presentation at the time. I'm going to go through some of the key points that Benjamin Tal brought up. And the, the big question he addressed right at the beginning was, you know, are we due for a recession? So that's the first point I want to talk about and what he's had to say about that. Basically, the theory that is gaining steam and momentum um, in the wider marketplace right now is is uh, we are overdue for a recession. It's been with the current economic cycle that we're in has been ongoing basically since, uh, you know, well, the recession hit, last recession hit in 2008, of course, um, barely hit Canada, but it, it affected uh, most of the world really badly. And basically since like 2009, um, the Canadian economy in particular has been in expansion mode, has not been in a, in a recession. And so we're, we're at about almost 10 years now of not having a recession and, you know, most people sort of would say it's, you know, recession is every sort of seven or eight years or so. That seems to be the cycle. There's always a downturn in, in the in the economy. We're not seeing that. Uh, in fact, the U.S. growth is now at like 4%, which is the highest it's been in a long, long time. And, and obviously, we generally follow what the U.S. is doing. Canada's raising interest rates, the job market here and everything. Seems to be a lot of positive signs out there. So, um 
you know, is this it? Is this the peak? Are we at the highest point? And is the economy about to take a turn? And Benjamin Tal's answer to that question is no. We are not, uh, and recession is not imminent. Uh, yes, this cycle that we're in, he says, is very long, but he believes that this will be the longest cycle ever. Uh, as he was sort of saying and joking, half joking, that um, this time it's different. Basically, his his point and his thesis is, yes, we have been in growing for for 10 years now. It's the longest cycle ever, you know, we've probably ever had so far, and it's going to continue, he says. Um but if you actually look at the growth that's taken place over the last decade, it's hardly anything at all. We've hardly grown at all. So yes, we're growing, but hardly at all. So there's, there's, no, um, there's no inflation in the system. There's very little inflation in the system. And inflation, he says, is the thing that kills a cycle. When the inflation gets too high and too hot, that's what kills a cycle. And that's what makes it sort of all come crashing down. But there's very little to you know to no inflation in the cycle. Basically, we're not seeing especially wage growth. So he says the wage mechanism is broken in the economy. There's more jobs being created than ever, but people are not um, people are not generally making more money. Uh, and he goes into different reasons for that. But basically, that's his his point is until you start to see big wage increases, that really drives inflation. Until you see that inflation really ramping up, you know, the cycle is going to continue basically is what he's saying. Second point, interest rates. Um, He was making a cautionary tale to the Bank of Canada and central banks. Don't raise them too fast, he says. Uh, Big policy mistake of the past recessions were when policymakers raised uh, interest rates too, too much too soon. And that is the thing he said that always contributes to contributes to uh, to a, a, an economy turning and crashing and going into recession. So he who's very, you know, in his talks with uh, central banks and everything, that's what he's telling people is don't you know be careful. Like everyone's talking about raising interest rates, and we're going to keep doing it. And he's like, you know what? Like take it easy. The economy, yes, it's growing, but it's barely growing. Um, it's not as basically the theme is it's not as great as it, it may seem, uh, some of the headlines. Number three, uh, overall the global economy looking globally around the world, it's not great. He says, um, looking at 2018, only the U S only the United States has met expectations. Basically every, every other major Western global economy has not met expectations. That was an interesting point. Something to think about. Number four. He says, expect in 2020, expect a U.S. slowdown. So that's sort of his, you know, if there is going to be a recession coming or a slowdown or something, he's saying, look at, look, look to 2020, 2020 vision as he joked about it. Um, uh, You had to be there anyways. um, (laughs) So uh, he's basically saying, look, all the stimulus that the Trump administration is putting into the market. Um, they're really putting gasoline on the fire, he's saying, basically, and, and it's setting up for potential danger in the future with all this stimulus in an economy that's already sort of moving in, in the positive direction. Uh, he's saying it's unusual for that sort of thing to happen. Like, obviously, normally stimulus is associated with an economy that's going in you know, the wrong direction. You're trying to wake it up. But he's saying, you know, putting stimulus on an economy that's already sort of positive, you're going to have to pay the piper down the road. So... When they remove the stimulus, basically, he believes around uh, maybe late 2019, something like that, 
then expect a slowdown in the U.S. in 2020 as there's sort of a hangover effect to that stimulus being removed from the economy. Number five, demographics. Demographics is a big theme as something that we should all pay attention to as real estate investors, what's happening demographically in the areas we're investing in. And a big theme for, you know, across Canada and basically all Western nations is, as he said, is they're getting old. Uh, we, the biggest growing uh, segment of the population is the oldest segment. So sort of the the 50, 60 plus segment is the fastest growing segment of the population. And he says, this is a very anti-inflationary force, anti-inflationary force. Think of it like this. If you're, you know, if you're in the workforce and you're, um, and, and you're in your fifties and sixties, you know, you're past the peak of your sort of working days. And generally people in their fifties and sixties, they're not getting raises. They're not getting promotions. They're not um, climbing the corporate ladder and, and asking their boss for another five or 10,000 or whatever it is on their salary. Um, they're, you know, and in fact, many people, the older you get, the less hours you tend to work. You start taking Fridays off, you have longer vacations and so on and so forth. Your productivity generally goes down versus, um, you know, when you're in your twenties and thirties and you're on the opposite end, you're climbing up the ladder and you're, you're looking to make more and more money, that sort of a thing. So demographically, all these countries, Canada included, getting very old, it's very anti-inflationary force. So again, those people who are out there calling and looking and waiting for this big inflationary period to come, i.e. as real estate investors, when we talk about inflation, we're talking about interest rates, right? That's the biggest thing in our minds. So if you're waiting for these big, super high interest rates to come, he's saying, you know, demographically speaking, it's not going to happen. Like we're not seeing these big inflationary forces out there. In fact, we're seeing the opposite. Number six, uh, this is an interesting comment on just the economy in general and, the, and how it relates to the education system. His, his point is basically that we're failing young people in Canada. I would 100% agree with this. Um, I think the education system is broken. You know, as an entrepreneur, as a real estate investor, as a, as a business person, as a small business owner, uh, and I know many people out there are listening and coming from a similar perspective. Um, the education system is broken. I mean, the education system is not to get too much on a tangent, but it's it was basically created in the, in the industrial area era. It was created to you know 100 or 150 years ago. We haven't the model hasn't really changed, and even though the entire world has changed, um, it was created to essentially set you up to work in a factory to you know to be a cog in a machine and to listen to instruction and to obey orders and to punch the clock and go home every day kind of thing and that is not how the world works anymore we are in a results economy now um, and the people who are getting ahead and the massive gap that's growing and growing between the very very rich um, and the people who are you know, either poor or just barely, you know, living, you know, paycheck to paycheck, dollar to dollar, that, that gap is growing and growing. Um, and so the people who understand the, the new economy and the people who are, you know, producing results are richer than, you know, anyone in the history of time, but the, the most people are still stuck at the bottom. And so the middle class is really being squeezed out. 
Anyways, that's, we're going on a, off on a whole thing here, but um, basically his point was the education system is broken, it's failing young people. We're not matching the people, we're not getting people the skills they need uh, to match the, 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 the vacancies in the economy itself. So we have all these empty jobs for certain skills, and we have all these over, over-educated young people um, basically getting arts degrees and things like that that are not needed in the current economy from an economic, uh, you know, financial standpoint. Yes, we need, of course, we need artists and we need people in all varieties of fields. But uh, economically speaking, people are being left behind because they're not matching, they're not getting the skills they need uh, and matching with the skills that are are missing in, in the economy. So that's very interesting there. And he tied that into another point, which is around automation, um, where, you know, jobs are disappearing. And, and again, part of what's happened in the economy, it's an automation story. So he's saying for every one job that we lose to trade and the whole, you know, everyone's talking about NAFTA, NAFTA 2.0 and free trade and, you know, manufacturing jobs going overseas. And this is a huge theme right now in the media. He's saying that's, you know, that is just a very small piece of the pie. Like the real story here is automation and jobs being lost to automation. Trade is, you know, it's sort of, I think he said eight to one. For every one job that we lose to a trade-related issue, we lose eight jobs to automation. So again, this, uh, you know, do you want to work in a, as a cog in the machine, well, that machine's going to be automated and you're going to be out of a job. Or do you want to be the person who programs and creates the machine? Um, that's where you want to be if you're a young person. But it's, it's, uh, that's not what the education system is currently churning out. So um, moving into, those are some points just in the economy as, as a whole. And then he sort of moved into the real estate markets particular obviously talking to us as real estate agents we all wanted to hear what he had to say about the real estate markets so talked about a lot of different things i'll just touch on a few points here uh number one is again this is a theme that we talk a lot about on this podcast and that's population growth and a big news headline this week again was that it's not news to us because we already knew this but immigration targets going up big time for canada over the next few years going to be increasing to 350,000 target uh, rate, 350,000 immigrants into Canada um, by 2021. In contrast, about 10 years ago, you're looking at 250,000. So from 250 to 350, that is a massive increase in the level of immigration over a relatively short period of time. Um, Canadians are not having enough babies. Uh, we, we need to keep growing. And so immigration is how we do it. But what's amazing about the type of immigration we do here in Canada compared to other countries is most of our immigrants are economic immigrants. They are, this is not the immigrants of your, your parents and your grandparents' generation coming, you know, this, the stories of coming to Canada with $5 in your pocket on a boat kind of thing. Um, you know, so many of us have those stories uh, in our uh, legacy as Canadians and, and, and uh, they're amazing stories, but that is not the type of, that's not the immigrant of today. The immigrant of today is they're economic immigrants. They're people with this, their government is actively looking like going back to the skills conversation, those people with the skills that we are lacking in this country, we're bringing those people in. They're highly skilled, they're highly educated. They come with money in their pockets, lots of money in their pockets already, lots of skills, they hit the ground running. 
Um, these are not the immigrants of the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and so on. So that is to Canada's advantage, and that uh, it differentiates us from other countries that don't uh, have such an emphasis on the economic immigrants. So Canada is an amazing place to live, to come to. Um, it's very attractive. We we should, and we can, and we will, and we we are being selective about the type of immigrants that we're bringing into Canada. And that's resulting in uh, a benefit to our economy. And ultimately that benefits our real estate market. So, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, well, immigration, who cares about immigration? You know, immigrant comes to Canada and they're not buying houses, they're not buying condos, that shouldn't affect the real estate market in any way. Well, again, actually they are. Uh, they're probably much more likely to purchase real estate than uh, the average Canadian who was born here because they're coming in with a totally different mindset. They're coming in with money in their pockets, skills uh, in their hands, and just a general um, uh, a general sense of wanting to move up economically, the la move up the economic ladder very quickly. Um, and so a huge part of that is buying and owning real estate. Number two, um, number two is uh, is he got into condo investors and and the whole notion that uh, of the big headline that came out earlier this year that um, you know like fifty percent or forty five percent whatever the some number was uh, that uh, condo investors are cash flow negative um, on their investments. So our condo investors losing money, you know, what's, what's wrong with them? And he said, you know, we've done focus groups. We're trying to understand the mentality of the condo investor. And basically he's like, you know what? They know what they're doing. They understand long-term that real estate is a good investment. These are not, uh, short-term thinkers. They're not flippers. They're not, um, you know, trying to get rich quick by buying a condo. They, they understand basically that, in the long term, and, and this is what Benjamin Tao very much believes in and how he actually concluded the presentation was basically making the point that uh, in the long term, in the GTA, we are not building nearly enough housing. We have so much immigration coming in, so much growth coming in. The overall economy generally is, is, is very strong. So over the long term, real estate prices you know, in the 10 to 15 year kind of horizon, real estate prices will be dramatically more expensive than they are today. Um, that's something he said at the presentation. And that's something I've heard him say time and time again over the last six months or so. Um, there's going to be short term blips. And he said, you know, probably in the short term, the condo market is going to start to slow down because the low rise market has already slowed down. As we've seen, condos probably should follow that next. Um, but in the long term, real estate, especially in the GTA, it's going to become much, much more expensive. We're not nearly getting close to covering enough new supply that will be needed to, to, uh, to cover the population growth that is happening now and that is to come. So that's sort of the, the main point, to, again, for you to take away as an investor and finally, he also touched on rent control and just basically saying again, you know, he's he's against rent control. He he thinks it's a bad policy. Um, he think he is he says he is lobbying and the bank, I guess, whatever they're lobbying the government for an, a, some kind of an adjustment to rent control so that it will encourage more rental supply. Um, 
uh, in, in the marketplace. And that is, you know, he's saying, you know, let's do in, instead of just inflation is the max you can raise it. Let's at least do inflation plus 2%, something like that. Um, is what he's pushing and lobbying on his side of things for the government. So that's good to hear. Hopefully the powers that be are listening to Benjamin Tal, this podcast, and other people who are calling for similar measures because we need more supply. Again, long-term, major supply shortages, not even close to meeting. I mean, immigration increasing. All things are pointing to the fact that real estate prices over the you know 10 years from now are going to be much much higher than they are today so keep investing for the long term um never think short term it's a great place to invest in the gta and yeah hopefully you found this podcast interesting useful hopefully you got something out of it. if you get a chance like i said check out benjamin tell listen to him speak go to one of his uh talks or events or you know, go back and listen to the podcast from a few years ago if you want to. I'll include a link to the show no- in the show notes for that episode if you want to go back. I think it was episode 37. If you're going back in the archives of this podcast, episode 37. I was much younger then. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So there you have it. That's today's episode. Hope you enjoyed that. Until next time, happy investing. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.